Welcome to Rising Together, a weekly inspirational podcast designed and dedicated to honor stories of human resilience, creativity, and healing. I'm your host, Meg Collier. Thanks for joining me here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rising Together. My name is Meg, your host, and I am so grateful today to be here for another episode of Real Talk, where we take topics of rising from the ashes and rolling around in the ashes and break them down for you in some very blunt and frank conversation. And I'm grateful today to be joined by my very dear friend, Raven Robinson. Raven, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So friends, let me introduce you to this marvelous woman. Raven and I have been running in some online circles for some time. I think before we hopped on the recording, we said it was like eight years, right? Something (laughs) to that effect. It's been a long time. And so Raven is a life coach and a business operations strategist that is on a mission to help perfectly imperfect creative visionaries work through their internal barriers using self-care, mindfulness, and conscious boundary setting. And so that is exactly what we are going to talk today about, Raven, is boundary setting. I knew um, as soon as this um, change in tides of, of the globe and the world we live in was happening, that boundaries were going to be one of the ways we had to usher our way through this. And um, Raven has also written about boundaries. So she is the author of The Way Through, Boundaries, a beginner's guide to setting, communicating, and honoring boundaries. So friends, buckle in. We're about to go down a path of breakthroughs. (laughs) Yes, yes. Welcome. Um, And exactly that. Uh, One of the things I say all the time, Raven, about boundaries are that they usher my breakthroughs. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it in the sessions that I've done. So in addition to writing the book, I offered up boundary processing sessions to Mm. basically anybody who was interested. And those conversations have spanned the entire human experience. You know, I've had some that have started off talking about sleep and bedtimes and ended up about relationships and Mm -hmm. whether or not the relationships are healthy or abusive or um or just nurturing Mm. a a simple conversation around boundaries can open up a whole world of things yes i totally agree with you so let's let's frame this up for everybody that might not have any language around boundaries and understanding them or how to use them what is your quick go-to definition high level of what boundaries are and what they can do for you Yeah, so I think that the shortest way I can explain it is that boundaries are the little promises you make to yourself about Mm. who you want to be and how you want to be in the world. And your boundaries are based on what your values are and how you want to walk in integrity with those values. For me, the definition of integrity is when your thoughts, actions, words, behaviors, all match right yeah and so the boundaries are kind of how you get there and how you interact with people along the way beautiful 
It makes absolute sense. It makes absolute sense. Um, I think that boundaries can get a bad rap too mm-hmm. because boundaries are not always easy and, and meaning like they're not always comfortable and they're, they don't always feel safe when you're – even like as the person who's setting them. Right. Have oh, you, yeah. have you experienced that? Like the beginning boundaries, <laughs> like your first walk with them? Absolutely. First of all, boundary work is so hard. It's Real talk. So, so hard. <laughs> and one of the reasons that I, that I even wrote this book or even just started talking about boundaries is that our society isn't really set up to accept other people's boundaries. Mm. There are all of these ways that we've been taught over and over and over again to um, to martyr ourselves and to allow people to overstep our, our boundaries, and we call that being good, right? And in all of these different ways, uh, being the good. nice syndrome, right? Like yeah, we need to be nice, people person. pleasing, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and that's accepted in so many different ways. Right. It's it's what it's what people sort of expect in the traditional workplace is that like you just do whatever you take, whatever, as long as you get in a paycheck, then it doesn't matter. And it really, really does. Yeah, it absolutely. It all matters. Right. It all matters. Like setting the boundaries or not setting the boundaries, like all of the choices, you know, have their eventual fallout unless you rectify them with other choices. And I think. Yeah. That's one of the things I had to learn about boundaries too when I first started setting them. So I just lived in a lot of chaos with a lot of different people for a long time, a lot of chaotic chaotic relationships. um, And I was really addicted to that chaos. So as I started to unravel my addiction to chaos, I had to get some boundaries in place, right? And and the boundaries in the big, like beginner boundaries were like very simple things of just like, even learning where a boundary could be laid before I ever laid it, right? Like the noticing of like where I felt breached on my needs or my privacy or um, unmet, right? Like in being seen or heard. Um, And that's the first step. Yeah, that's it. Noticing. Yeah, yeah. And and it's this, um, it's noticing witnessing yourself and being self-aware like strengthening your Mm -hmm. sense of self and what you like what you don't like uh what you want to be around what you don't want to be around um uh what you enjoy and things that you don't enjoy things that make you resentful that's really that area is the best place to find oh my gosh is when you feel resentment coming up in your relationships you've it's because you've allowed something that you didn't really want to. Yes. Also on the resentment tip, because I've worked through a lot of resentment, especially in the last two years, old resentment sticks around. You mm-hmm. got to work it out. And I think resentment also calls us to look at our expectations. Yes. Right. Because I, and this is like comes right from the meeting rooms of like Al-Anon. I heard it one day and I never, I could never unhear it forever because <laughs> uh, I had a lot of expectations and um, expectations breed premeditated resentments. Yes. By yes. setting, and expectations are different than boundaries. And so yes. like, let's be clear, right? They do different work. 
And most people I found don't really grasp that. And so when they get into the boundary work, it's what they can identify externally is that they're in these relationships where people treat them poorly, mm-hmm. right? I want this person to stop doing this. I want my mom to stop nagging me. I want um, my boyfriend to respect me. Like all of these different things that are external are what they come into the boundary work with. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there was a point last year when I was first going through this conversation where I just like hit pause on everything I wanted to talk about right? and just over and over and over again said, you cannot control other people's behavior. You cannot yes. control other people's behavior. You cannot, like your, your boundaries cannot be built around expectations of other people. It's built around what you want, what you need. Yeah. And then only after you're clear about that, only after you're clear about the internal stuff, your sense of self, your values, what feels like integrity to you, then you can decide if people in my life aren't willing to abide by this boundary, then here's what my response will be. Yeah. And that's, I think we're a lot, first of all, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Everybody who needs boundary help, please book a session with Raven (laughs) right now. Um, I think I love the way you speak about this because it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think sometimes boundaries can seem like big work that we have to go into a room and like, you know, spend a lot of time with, but really it calls us to spend time with ourselves, Right. Mm-hmm. And like really to, to get clear about where we've allowed ourselves to be hurt or where we've self-abandoned even a sense, right? Because we're not mm-hmm. witnessing in, in having a boundary breached over and over and over again, it's, it's likely because of a couple of things, uh, you know, a lack of connection with the self, you know, mm-hmm. there's a disconnection there mm-hmm. or um, where, where else do I see it in um, codependency a lot, mm-hmm. you know, perfectionism, yes, um, enoughness, yes or yeah. too muchness, yeah. you know, um, these places where we try to make things either or, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think from watching you too, I just want to add this, what I've learned is that boundaries can be both and, and they, and they have to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about that, that middle path. It's all about the space between what we think are binaries, you know, mm-hmm. like I either have to be nice or mean. Right. It's like, well, well, no, that's not true. And if you if you believe that, then that is what um, is what leaves space for the resentment and for you to actually violate your own boundaries because you mistake being assertive as being mean. Yes. Right. And boundaries do require you to be assertive. They do require you to be clear about what you want and what you need, and even if the person on the receiving end of that feels like it's mean, you don't have to receive that. That's right. It, yeah. the, the power is in the choice, right? Like we can, yes. and this I think is where the next level comes into play, where you can like unhook from these emotions. Like, yes, it hurt that that person did it. But like, now that I know what the next steps are for this boundary, Mm-hmm. you know, and I think you do a lot of this work as well, where you give boundaries almost like an identity where they can be lived and tested and revisited. Yes. Yes. So, so boundaries are fluid, 
right? right? There are things that you may need to set as boundaries um, because of the way that you've grown up and trauma that you've experienced, abuse that you may have experienced in your early life. And so that's going to affect the way that you interact with people, right? right. It's going to affect the ways that you feel safe and secure in relationships. So that may create a certain set of boundaries. And then once you're comfortable, once you know more about yourself, once you've had some therapy, once yeah. you've you know, done all of that introspection, then you may feel safer and you may be able to kind of to loosen up the boundaries. Um, kind of the, the uh, example that I try to use is many people think of boundaries as like a wall, right? Right. A wall that's there and impenetrable. And in order for somebody to get through it, they have to like have a, um, a pickaxe and go at it, right? Right. But that's not really the case. For some people, boundaries are more like, a fence, mm. right? It's there. And sometimes there's a gate so that it can be opened and closed, right? And that's yes. kind of that middle space of having having boundaries that feel good, that, um, that align with your integrity and your values. Then you have people who have the fence, but there's no gate, mm. right? And just anything can get through. Right. right? So that's, that's the more like loose boundaries where there's an opportunity there to, to just be more discerning yeah. about what you allow and what you don't. Mm. And then there are those people who their boundaries are more like a stone wall, right? right? All of these things come from a certain place, right? It tends to be the people who have, uh, like myself, who have grown up in a place of trauma who have a stone wall, yeah. right? Because that's that like need for safety. Need yeah, for safety. survival, right? Survival instincts, exactly. And so it's okay to kind of take down that wall a little bit. Right, right. Know, bring it to a certain level where you can still feel safe. Mm -hmm. And you're still uh, standing up for yourself. You're still asking for what you want and what you need. But there's also space for the people who mean you well to come in. Yes. Yes. And it has to be that type of intentional work too, especially mm -hmm. when you're working out of trauma. Like it's not like, you know, it's like telling an anxious person not to be anxious, just to like let everything go, like get over it. It just doesn't work that way, friends. Um, yeah, one of the yeah. things you said about this boundary work too, Raven, that really struck me is that it allows us to look at things on more of a spectrum and I think in doing that, it allows us to see each other's humanness more, yeah. right? It allows us to say like, I'm absolutely imperfect, but I know what's, what will work for me right now. And I'm willing to continue to work to hone what that is. So I know for me for a long time, I did not think my boundaries did not have a gate. Um, mm -hmm. They had a hard brick wall. And if anybody wanted to come in, they better have the right gear to like mm -hmm. get up over the wall. And yeah. over time I saw how that that boundary was more of a like a, a protection wall than it was, you know, it was my survival mechanism. So working with a therapist, working with coaches, working with myself, because self-healing is part of this too. Like you got to show mm -hmm. up and do the work. Um, I was able to bring that down a little bit, right? And so yeah. 
boundaries for me now have become so much more than just how I interact with other people. And you mentioned this earlier about how we interact with ourselves, how I interact with myself. And especially languaging for myself, mm-hmm. you know, how I can be very judgmental with myself, especially right now, right? Like judgment is like at the top of my awareness all the time. Boundaries have given me this invitation to be like, is that something you really want to entertain? <laughs> you know, yeah. is this, is this the yeah. thought that you want to follow? Um, how has your boundary work helped you right now in these times of, you know, we've always had uncertainty, but like everything's under a microscope right now, right? right. This heightened level of anxiety. Yeah. I, what I, what I came to this morning, actually, while I was listening to you, you went oh. live this morning. Well, thanks for ha- thanks of, for joining. <laughs> yes, it was fun. And one of the words you mentioned was reckoning, right? Mm. So we've always had uncertainty, but in this moment, we're reckoning with that uncertainty on a global level, right? Yes. Everyone is kind of in the same space. And I'll say for me, I've had... Uh, two really prominent experiences having to to really reaffirm my boundaries and for for myself, um, like to really internally say like, okay, here's what I'm willing to accept and here's what I'm not willing to accept. Um, One of those examples is that, um, let's see, I'm thinking of which one to start with, (laughs) which one (laughs) seems like the simplest. Um, so right as all of this started, as the quarantine kind of became a thing, Mm -hmm. I was entering a new relationship. Wild times. Real talk, wild times. (laughs) Wild times. A a new relationship with someone who lived out of state and whom I had not met in person yet. And... It was, it felt really exciting. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a bummer to not be able to leave the house, leave the state and go visit this person. Sure. Um, yeah. It's, but that turned out to be a godsend. Oh my oh, gosh. Tell me everything. <laughs> thinking about this person and past tense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. So what eventually happened was that I uncovered that this person had a very abusive nature. Mm. And so in a way, I feel like I, uh, I want to say something even more than dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, because we were having this kind of long distance relationship. And so I was able to see things more clearly. Yes. And there was so much space that I was able to just kind of walk through it which, with a lot more um, integrity than if I was in person and just like overcome with all of the, the physical, chemical uh, feelings of, you know, the new relationship energy. Um, but, but what happened is, so this person and I had been kind of, we met online through like a, a coaching, group coaching situation and uh, we began to talk Mm-hmm. And things got more and more intimate, and just the conver- the level of conversation, yeah, I mean, absolutely, um, became more and more intimate. And that's when I had a death in the family, and so in addition to just like the rough year that I was already having, 
was like overcome with grief Mm. and this person was kind of holding me through that yeah um and that's where the relationship part came up right and it took me like I I feel very lucky (laughs) and that the worst part of it only lasted for about a week yeah um but I had to to take a moment to realize that one of my boundaries is that um, I, I, I like clear communication. Woo, amen. Can we like just <laughs> get a big deep breath for clear communication? It, it just has to be. Yes. Because the way that my mind works, especially with the anxiety that I live with, mm-hmm. um, in a way I consider my anxiety sort of a superpower. Yeah. I'm it's not you. always great, but it does allow me to think through a ton of different possibilities and scenarios very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> and so it's like, if I've thought through 20 different ways that this can go wrong and yeah. your behavior looks like one of those, then we need to be having very open and honest communication about what's really happening there. I have a name for that. Uh-huh. It, it's called catching the pink flags. And I think what good boundary work does, good boundary work gives you the, gives you the um, discernment skills, the awareness to see pink flags Yes, before exactly they turn happened. red. Because when they are red, it's, it's almost, it's not too late, right? You can always write the ship, but that work is going to be hard. You're in a current. Mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. um, seeing those pink flags is also a signal of the work that we've done. It's like, holy, it's like when you get to witness in that moment, like, holy shit, you, you have to celebrate number one, even though it's a very painful moment, but it's like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing the work for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you don't see it on top of it. It's like a little bit in the retrospect, but like, I'm so grateful. And I I want you to continue with your story. I did not mean to interrupt you. No, it's fine. I'll t- and I'll tell you that from inside of it, it felt like a red flag. Yeah. But in hindsight, I was able to kind of like breathe through it, sit with them, some friends and recognize that like, oh, check me out. I caught a pink flag. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. It's, it so, feels good. Woo. Yeah. So I'll tell you what happened. So, yeah. so, so um, I lost a family member and so things started to deepen and then all of a sudden, the communication changed mm. and I felt it first before I could really like point to it. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden um, he wasn't initiating phone calls anymore. And when we were texting, I was getting a lot of emojis instead of words. Mm. And so I'm like, huh, <laughs> what's happening here? Like, this isn't working. <laughs> Yeah, like any relationship that I have with anybody is built on a foundation of communication. That just is who I am and how I show up. So sending me emojis is not I'm okay. going to cut it. <laughs> right. And so I noticed that was the first step. I just, I noticed. And the, the first day that I noticed, I kind of checked in with myself and made sure that, you know, it wasn't just my anxiety that, you know, is there something real happening and what is it that I want to do about it? And then I gave myself like two or three days just to kind of observe what was happening Mm -hmm. and to really deal with myself about it. And then (laughs) I was like, okay, here we go. We got to have this conversation. Mm 
Yeah. And I introduced the conversation by saying, you know, um, here's some things that I'm noticing that feel different. Mm-hmm. And that person's immediate response was basically a complete denial <sighs> of reality. And so that's boundary number two. Yeah. Is that I don't allow someone to restructure my reality. So important. Right? So important. Because that's where abuse creeps in. Yeah. Someone who wants to like recharacterize your lived experience to make it seem as though something hasn't happened that has, or things aren't as they as they are, that's 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 scary space, right? And so I picked up on that immediately and was like, okay, where are we taking this conversation? Yeah. Because I don't feel safe here. My boundaries have been breached. And so what are the choices that I'm going to make? And from that space, I was able to kind of look back over that past week and say, oh, actually, I didn't initiate an intimate relationship. (laughs) That's not actually what I was here for at all we were friends and this person kind of took advantage of me being in a place of grief. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if it weren't for the, for the boundary breaches is if it weren't for the clarity that I had around the type of, of behavior that I was willing to accept and the type of relationship that I want to be in, if I hadn't done that work, that thing could have gone on for months and months and months and months. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a relief and a gratitude in the work then, right? Like it's like deeper, it's more visceral because yeah. you're like, you're living it in that moment too. And and that doesn't, you know, both exist, right? Like we can be grateful and still be like in grief because we're grieving, you know, Absolutely. whatever manipulation or like, you know, like misinformation that we were, you know, given or intuited about this person. Yeah. Um, and so- yeah. First of all, I want to thank you so much for sharing that story um, because I know that will connect with so many people and it's also so vulnerable and brave of you to share that too. Um, And my deepest condolences for the passing of your uh, family member and like for this grief that you're traversing and how beautiful and graceful it is that your boundaries help you lead the way to create space to continue that healing journey. Yeah. And, and because my boundaries started from an internal place, when these things happened, like you said, even though they are painful, mm-hmm. you know, even though like this person, I did, I did trust this person. I was sharing parts of myself with this person. And so there was a grieving around that. Yes. But because I had done this work, I felt so sure of myself. Mm. I felt so clear about what I needed out of this situation in order to make it right. It's so beautiful. There's so many rewards, but we have to be open to receiving them, right? Like the beautiful analogy you used of having um, that pliability, that gate that we can open, right? The awareness to um, touch back in and make sure the boundaries are still serving us, right? To see how we've changed or grown because of that boundary and understanding how it needs to change. The word you used, uh, fluidity, Mm -hmm. uh, really, really hit my heart in a way because I think that's what we all really want to access, right? Is flow. Um, 
yeah. this ability to just be in the unfolding, but it, it takes sincere practice and the practice of enacting our boundaries is, is so crucial to all of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, a thing that just came up for me here as we're talking is that another benefit of the boundaries is that because I recognize that my boundaries are about me and not other people, when I encounter one of these breaches, it just feels like information to me. Oh, isn't that so relieving? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm no longer like, oh my God, I'm not ever going to date another person who looks like him or has the right. same job or like whatever random thing I would try to associate with this person and like the external aspects of it. It's just like, oh, that person didn't honor my boundaries. And now I can recognize another way that that looks and keep moving. Yes. I think I read open, you know, it is, you have, I mean, it's about like being open with an awareness that like not everybody can sit and bask in the warmth of our light, Mm -hmm. you know, especially for people that are empathetic or HSPs or are in any space of healing, right? Because there's this, there's an increased sensitivity there. There's sometimes a receptivity to energy that we don't know that's turned on. Like if we're not tapped into that, there's not enough protection going on and definitely not enough boundary setting, mm-hmm. right? And I read something the other day that um, it was like, I think it was something I saw on Instagram said, instead, uh, you know, it's okay to feel your emotions, just don't feed them. And I think boundaries help you do exactly that. Boundaries help you feel your emotions, to recognize them, to witness them, to get curious with them without feeding them. Because it's in the feeding of emotions where our patterns lie. And, And rewiring those patterns is not something we can do by just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like it needs to be a practiced ritual in a sense. And, and that work uh, is something that I recommend you all find a partner to do uh, that type of work with because it is so much easier to have boundary buddies than it is to walk that path alone, although it can be done. But there are tons of resources. I know for me, um, some 12-step programs like Al-Anon and Coda have helped me, um, you know, taking the parts that work for me and leaving the rest. Um, what has worked for you in that boundary setting, Raven, um, as far as learning or tools that you can maybe direct some of our listeners to today? Obviously your work, because number <laughs> one, we'll, we'll give your website at the end, but right. is there like a, a book or something that helped you write at the beginning? You know, um, I had to, I had to think really hard about this. Um, when I wrote the book, I sent it to my sister <laughs> to just like review because you know she's a good critic for me. She's a, a critic that I trust. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she said back to me was, "Oh, you gotta cite your sources." And I sat with that, and I was like, "Well, m- my source is is my life." Right, right. Fortunately or unfortunately, I have learned, I've come to this boundary work and and found my way into it and through it by putting myself in situations where my boundaries have been stomped on. Yeah. And feeling the effects of that and doing it over and over and over again until I was fed up. So brilliant. 
you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Or, you know, like run over so many times that you're like, okay. And that's that rolling around in the ashes too, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, the kind of where you forge your resilience and where you rebirth yourself. And I I think we are definitely in a process of like some element of rebirth on the earth, spiritually. There is an energy of rebirth in everything that's happening to us right now. And I think we get to come out of this with a clear understanding of how we can work with our boundaries Mm -hmm. to create better experiences for ourselves, right? To like keep moving forward in a way that grows us instead of contains us. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to point out that like you can have boundaries around very small things too. Yes. Like we've been talking about some of the bigger, some of the heavier stuff, mm-hmm. but even the, the, the seemingly um, innocuous boundaries are super important because like I said, I've, I've had these conversations where um, someone starts off talking about like their bedtime ritual and we realize that the reason that that's a struggle for them is because they're trying to be something they're not in their relationship mm. or they are codependent and like all of these things. And sure. so it can be the smaller things. Like one of my boundaries is that um, is within the type of entertainment that I'll consume. Yes. Right. Um, I don't like horror movies. Me either. Thank goodness. High five. Yes. It's like, it's just not interesting to me. It's not that I'm afraid. It's not that I'm like, you know, super easily grossed out because I I can watch other things that have those elements in it, but Mm -hmm. I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't get pleasure in in fear. Yeah. You know, and I also find that like my my mindset will very easily manifest those things into other areas of my life. If I'm like watch, like I, okay, six years ago, I used to watch tons of NZIS Uh and then I couldn't watch it anymore. You know, like I just realized how much violence, how much sadness, how much heaviness for what, like a little bit of suspense, like a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Like, no, I think it was like, it was aggravating my already mild anxiety even more. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is really important that you bring this up, like even a boundary around what type of genre of programming you want to watch. Yes. It's so crucial. You just, you just perfectly illustrated how something that seems small have a really big (laughs) internal effect. Right. And I have the same thing. Like there was a, um, a season where I watched, um, Jane, the Virgin. Mm -hmm. And I like, it was like several seasons in and I had never heard of it. And so I binge watched like the first three seasons and I realized that that was manifesting in my life. So Mm -hmm. for people who don't know, Jane, the Virgin is, um, the premise of the show is it's a telenovela but it's sort of a satire of telenovelas. So as much as they are already over the top, Jane the Virgin went further over the top (laughs) in terms of drama. And I saw that showing up in my life. I was like, wait, I don't have this kind of drama in my life. Like I don't respond to things in this like big way. And I realized it was because of what I was taking in. That's it. And so when you know something like that about yourself, then you can set the boundaries to say like, okay, maybe I'm going to watch this, but maybe not three seasons at one time. Yeah, I know. We, uh, we had, we relearned that lesson like every couple months here at my house because <laughs> we don't watch the news. We don't watch television programming. So like we'll watch a couple movies, but like last night we got on like a Netflix, the Netflix one season binge and it went on for 
it went on for an inordinate amount of time. We finished uh-huh. the whole thing. And I came out of it at the end of the night, like trying to get my like crazy amped up eyes to go to bed. And right. I was like, oh, right. Like I have to do this kind of stuff like in a weekly fashion, like once a week. Oh, yeah. it's time for my program. And it would even have a different effect. But um, man, they make them so good. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm, a, I'm the type of person who I really don't want to watch anything unless it has like several seasons already because I don't really enjoy suspense. (laughs) I know. I left myself in it last night. You know, me and Colin were just sitting here. We're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? He's like, this is the end of the movie. And I was like, first of all, it's not a movie. Second of all, it's a television show and they're setting us up, you know? Um, And we know it's going to happen anyway. Real tangent there. But um, But, I was, I was, that was real, real right now. (laughs) You do, you get it. You have a choice. Yeah. And so in the, in in the boundaries book, we talk, I talk about like different, um, different types of boundaries. mm -hmm. So we just talked about movies. And so like, that's around like entertainment, but there's also boundaries around food. Mm. What do you want to eat? What do you not want to eat? Spiritual boundaries, social boundaries, like all of these different areas where it's really just about like getting to know yourself really well in that area. And then how do you want to be? Mm. I love that. I love that. You know, and, and we award so much curiosity to everybody outside of ourselves. It is such a powerful gift to award that same curiosity to ourselves. And I think there is an invitation in some of the space that's created right now to just get curious, you know, to just dip into what's working or what's not working, what's okay, what's not okay, and yeah. understand a little bit more clearly what would get you a little bit closer to feeling better, you know, yeah. and that's boundary. Boundary work for me is very incremental. I think if I could could make one offering or invitation to people throughout this era of quarantine, <laughs> it's that like, if you feel stuck inside, go further inside. Mm. Like you might be stuck in your house, but like go further inside and see what's there because whatever it is right now, like there's some people who are just doing fine right now. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know who those people are, but congrats. Takes all types, right? <laughs> right, right. Email me, let me know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for others, even if it's just um, a manageable amount of, of stress or uncertainty, whatever it is, that is probably pointing to something that has already existed within you. And so listen to it. Mm. That is such a beautiful invitation. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you, Raven, so much for joining me here today on the podcast. It is always a pleasure um, and a gift to be uh, sharing sacred space with you. And I feel like that's what we created here today. So thank you again. Feels so good to just be here with you, to Mm -hmm. have these conversations and 
yeah, I'm just so grateful for your energy. Me too, for yours and more to come from us. I think we decided before like five more episodes that we could work on now <laughs> before we get, we came on here to record today. So I'm sure you'll see Raven back here soon. Thanks again, friend. Thanks. Friends, if you're interested in learning more about Raven, please do pick up a copy of her book. The book is called The Way Through Boundaries, A Beginner's Guide to Setting, Communicating, and Honoring Boundaries. You can also visit Raven on her website at thewaythrough.com. Thank you, Raven. Thank you, friends. And we'll see you back here again next week. Thank you so much for listening to Rising Together. This podcast was edited by Megan Monique of Your Spirit Sparkle. The podcast is hosted by me, Meg Collier. You can get today's show notes at togetherinrising.com forward slash podcast. To support Rising Together, consider reviewing the podcast or becoming a monthly supportive member. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to yours as we document the journey of rising together.